What's going on, everybody? This be your boy DJ Anonymous with Sports Biz Music, the podcast, episode forty-five, and I got a special guest on the show today. Well, tonight, um, I got my boy Rico Charity. What's going on with you, man? What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. This 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 hot. It's it's nighttime in Miami. It's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, man. But um, for the people that that don't know, you know about you, like just introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are. So yeah, so I, so I'm an attorney. Uh, from Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up right there. Went down to grad at Virginia Tech. Did law school at Georgetown. Uh, now I'm in New York. I work for one of the like large law firms out here. Pretty much just do everything in terms of like corporate law. Uh, a lot of like. Uh, buying and selling companies, we call it M&M, emerging acquisitions. I also work with a whole bunch of like entrepreneurs and like nonprofits and uh, just like everything that kind of just stretches the game of uh, like corporate law and like business and transaction and law. So pretty much just touch all of that and like work on a whole bunch of contracts and like a whole bunch of like different like, big companies and smaller companies. So kind of what my practice is like and uh, yeah, uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing now. and. Also, just a whole bunch of community service and philanthropic things, and just trying to continue to try to grow my craft. Okay, that's what's up, man. So, let's start way at the beginning of your journey. Like I'm talking about when you was younger. Like, have you always wanted to be a lawyer? Uh, I mean, <laughs> my journey <laughs> to being a lawyer was just uh, was an interesting one. So I, I yeah. grew up in one of those households where. You know, your mom tells you you can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a it was a it was a gift and a curse because like coming up, I I didn't really know what was out there. I didn't know what my, my options were. I mean, turn the TV, you see you see basketball players, you see ballers, you see like music, you see like rappers, you see like I mean, you see actors and you see like doctors and like lawyers, and you see the roles they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got like five things like to be. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> like I don't know how my <laughs> a bit is going to be so maybe I can cross off the league uh, I already have all those bars so you know I might not be a rapper but like I, I'm not going to go to science for being a doctor so boy it was kind of how I felt it's kind of like where I felt in the grand scheme of things and then as a kid I was like okay well process of elimination I want to be a lawyer and I want to like one company so that was like my thing it was like I'm going to go off I'm a lawyer and I'm also running some companies they know what kind of companies I want they're running the lawyer thing players so kind of just like took that route and ran with it and then like so in prophecy I became a lawyer and I work with companies so so like cause you know like um as young kids you know around like middle school high school probably like 13 between 13 and 17 years old we get an, an idea of what we want to do for the rest of our life like what was that moment when you was like you know what like that exact moment, he was like, you know, I want to be a lawyer. Like, I want to help people and work for companies and just build. Man, <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I told you it was an exact moment. I honestly started saying lawyer because people would say, what do you want to do with your life, man? You know, you had to get an answer. But mm-hmm. Like, it was just the quickest thing that rolled off the top of my tongue. And then it just became something um, that I just kind of, like, stuck with and ran with. Uh, so I didn't know any lawyers coming up at all. I ended up meeting, I ended up doing like this program in high school, like this debate team, and I met uh, I met the Commonwealth attorney in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first lawyer I've ever met. Um, and we just talked, we just rapped about everything for a while, and I was like, you know what, like, you're the you're the black person I know that's not struggling, so I want to be like you. 
Mm -hmm. I want to go your route because I don't want to struggle financially anymore. So let's figure out what you did and kind of solidify being a lawyer. So maybe maybe that was in high school that program when I realized that he got he's he, he's different from the other people I know. Like this black guy, he's pretty he's pretty loud. Not really worried about money. Not worried about like financial stability. He's not worried about what it's doing. And like that was all I was told. So I was like, okay, everything was like, how do we make more money? This guy wasn't worried about money. I was like, I need to be in a space where money isn't like my main concern. And from what I saw, that was the law. So that's kind of like the, how I wanted to like just jump into that area. Then doing it, I realized that, I mean, it's bigger than money. I mean, I, I have gotten to a point where I don't think about how to afford things. Like, yeah. I got to a point where it's like, now, how do I invest back into my community? How do I like take this money? How do I grow it into my own like personal financial investment so I can invest back in my community? How do I make sure that no other kid that's trying to decide what he wants to do with life, what he or she wants to do with life, how can I make sure that they know at least one lawyer or know any professionals in my network? And that's kind of what my thoughts are today. It's like making sure I'm there and in that capacity. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Because like you know, it's something that I always you know talk about like heavily, like. 26, you know, it's it's kind of strange, you know, when you was like, yesterday you was just 16 years old, now you're 26, 27, 28 years old, and uh, you're still young, but you still have a whole generation behind you, a whole, like, five, six, seven, you know, eight-year-olds, like, behind you, and, like, you always want to, you know, uh, not only please yourself and, 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 complete the goals that she wanted to do, but you also want to be that example of like how you went to the to the lawyer, to the yeah. to the you want so you wanna do you wanna do the same thing for a, a kid that's coming up that they're gonna look at you like, wow, like Mr. Charity, like he's 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 doing his thing and he's he come from where I come from and um just by seeing him just 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 escalating and in his journey is like I can do that too, you know, because I always felt like in our community, especially you know for you know for us black folks, like it's like especially when it comes to like investments, like we all not really smart, you know, when it comes to that. But I just feel like you know it's never too late to learn, you know, whether you you fifty years old or you you're eighteen years old going to college. You know, it's never too late to learn about, you know, different stuff, like especially investments and just bettering yourself, you know, for the future. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, I guess just just uh, I'll piggyback off what you said about that next generation. I think that's kind of like my big point these days is like focusing on how to like make sure that they're in a better situation than mm -hmm. I was. Uh, actually, this this year. We, uh, me and uh, me and uh, I'm still really reacting back home back in uh, Richmond. Me and the Richmond Public Schools Foundation got together and we put together uh, a scholarship. Uh, it's actually like my scholarship named Rico Charity. That's what's up, man. And it's given to two seniors at my old high school. Mm -hmm. And it's just keep all rolling. So it's like, okay, like we leave here. Yeah, leave here. Go, go do something better yourself. Like learn something, learn these skills, and then come back. And be able to pull the next person so it's gonna it's an annual thing but it's also my goal is like so we gave it to two students this year my goal is to continue to like work with them i talked to both of them like recently continue to work with them they graduate we pick up we pick up it's like i'm doing it they're doing it we all got we're picking up more students and every time it's just a cycle and then by the, by the end of the day we pick the whole school the whole community 
everybody in Richmond have some type of scholarship where it's like, nah, we come, we're, yeah, we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave, we're going to get out of this environment, we're going to go learn some stuff, but then we're going to come back and make sure we pull the next person out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the biggest thing we can do right now, especially being in these positions where it's like, we understand things like investing. We understand things like, okay, that, there's a bigger picture to this whole thing versus just like staying in this one spot for the rest of your life. So exactly. it's like, it's like getting that information and coming back and like bridging that gap to bring those folks along too. Yeah, exactly, man. So like before I get into like the, the, the read, like the college, you know, the college life, um, what was it like growing up in Richmond, Virginia? Richmond's <laughs> an interesting type of place. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, it's fairly similar to, to a lot of places, though. I mean, it was definitely a culture. I mean, Richmond, Richmond was a Richmond was an interesting place in being that everybody in my side of town was like very similar, similarly situated. Like we all kind of lived a similar life, so it was. It wasn't like everybody was worrying about money. Nobody mm-hmm. had enough money. So it wasn't really, that wasn't abnormal. It wasn't abnormal for, like, you know, your uncle to live with your grandmother, your aunt to live with your grandmother. It'd be like 10 people in the house. It's not a, a abnormal. Everybody was living that way. Everybody was in their grandmother's house. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's just like, a Southern thing, honestly. Like, I, I just feel like, <laughs> I think yeah, it's just so a Southern like, thing. Like, it was, it was just normal just being around like, a community of just black people. It was like, I mean, yeah, your mom struggled, but, like, everybody's mom struggled. Yeah. It wasn't until you get out of that, that environment you realize that other people aren't living this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of when you just like, okay, well, this is kind of how I was conditioned to live. This is kind of how things look for me. This is not how I look for them. So it's like, I, how do I go back and tell my community that we can live we can live in a better way than this? We don't have to, like... Mm-hmm struggle in this in this way we don't have to just like i don't know like cram like what 10 people in a three-bedroom house we don't have to do that mm-hmm. uh like it, it's other ways to do it if we get financially smart about our business but i guess i guess back to richmond it was just everybody my whole neighborhood was black mm-hmm. like i mean yeah. black and uh, black and hispanic we had we had some hispanic folks but it was mainly it was mainly black uh you go down you go you go down the road like maybe 30, 30 minutes out to the county that's where all the like everybody else was at uh, later I realized that uh, like a lot of them didn't come across that bridge to Southside because of because it was all black so a mm-hmm. lot of like, and I, I didn't discover that until I went to college I had a conversation with uh, with a few of my like peers there that were also from like the county outside of Richmond that mm-hmm. never ventured into Richmond we kind of talked about that a little bit understanding their experience and why they never came into our side of the town probably because it was all black and because it was black for well, black and Hispanic Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just a different environment, different from like DC, different from uh different from Blacksburg where I went to undergrad, different from New York. It was just a whole different environment. Well, you know, I always got to ask uh, a Virginian um, this question: like, do y'all consider yourself the North, or y'all consider yourself like the South? Because I knew you were about to ask that question. I consider I consider Virginia the South. Yeah, because the reason why I ask because you know, in hip hop, you know. You know, especially as a DJ, like I met a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but like quite a few of artists from Virginia. Some have different beliefs. Some say I'm not the South, or I'm not the North, I'm more like Mid East. Some say I'm, I'm from the South. So it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm a history geek. So I'm just like, hey, Virginia to me is the South because, you know, this ain't no secret like it was slaves from Virginia on down yeah. to like the deep south and stuff and now I don't know if it's because of time like how time has changed but like 
you know, most people just say, you know, us folk is just in between, you know, so. Nah, I, I, you said Mideast. Uh, Mideast isn't a thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? That don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I will say folks from the South that I meet try to play Virginia and say Virginia is not part of the South, but it's cool. Uh, but yeah, back, back to history. Virginia was a part of the Confederacy. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a proud history, but it, it's, it's a fact. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's South. It was, it's, it's where the South starts. So, I mean, you can't really exclude it from being the South. I mean, People in Virginia kind of like divide Northern Virginia and call that D.C. because, you know, uh, it kind of is D.C. But uh, I mean, Virginia's still the South. Uh, in my mind, Virginia's the South. I mean, I, I, we get that us, us Floridians, like especially from South Florida. You know, they say that um, they don't consider us like the the Deep South, but they don't realize like when you actually come down to Florida, like Florida is like you have the city, you have the suburbs, and you have the country. So it's just like it just blended. But like I remember. My history teacher, when I was in high school, he's from New York. You know, a lot of New Yorkers in Boston, you know, like a lot of people from the East Coast come down to the South. And he was saying, like, you know, back in the days, like, Miami was like Alabama with just beaches. But, you know, over time it developed, and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, we had a lot of people from the Caribbean. Like, I'm Caribbean, I'm Caribbean descent, so, like, um, my folks is from, like, the Bahamas and stuff, so... I kind of get that at times, but like I always tell people, like when I get outside the South, like when I went to LA, they was like, I, they were like, you from the South? From I said, yeah, I'm from um, Miami, Florida, and they was like, it's just some, it's just something about your accent that's just different. So we still, I'm like, I tell people all the time, like we still, we, it's just the same mentality, you know, it's the, the same stuff, you know. It's just I don't know. I guess time has changed. I don't know what it is, but um. Now we in college. My 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 question is: Why did you pick Virginia Tech? <laughs> actually, I actually just did a I did a, a speaking engagement, and they asked me the same question: Is like, how did you go about picking college? And I was honest with them. I was like, I didn't have a computer back in the day. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech had a paper application. Mm-hmm. Uh, I printed out the paper application, filled it filled it out, and mailed it off. And I was able to do that uh, without having a computer. So that's kind of why how Virginia Tech became the school I went to. It was like it was just the easiest to apply for it. Like uh, I worked so I, like back in back in those times I had two jobs and I was going to school and I had like just a whole bunch of stuff going on. I, I didn't have time to like go find. I mean I could have made time in retrospect, but like in that in those times it was like yo I gotta like go to work. I gotta do all this other stuff. I don't have time to go to, to the public library to like do these college applications. I tried. Like I went and I, I sat down and do a few, but I never got a chance to finish them. But Virginia Tech was the one that was on paper. It was the, it was the one college uh, that was going to allow me to mail my stuff into them. And that was just easier because I just printed that thing off and, like, late night, one night, just filled everything out and just mailed it off. Uh, and then uh, when it came down to it, they actually ended up just saying, okay, we like you enough. We're going to give you a full ride. So just come here. And I didn't know anything about college. I was like, all right, but if you're going to pay for it, like, let's do it. Uh, it actually turned out to be a, an amazing experience. I mean, it was, a, it was definitely a moment of growth. I was definitely doing out of my comfort zone though, because I came up with nothing but black and Hispanic mm-hmm. people around. I got to I got to Virginia Tech, and I was just uh, it did a complete 180. Uh, like we had a small core group of like black people and like minor, a small minority population, but for the most part, it was it, we weren't there. Uh, 
and I mean that can be a little isolating too. And that was definitely a, a definitely a, a, a moment of growth and a moment where I kind of got to see how the world really looks. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was definitely just that paper application. That paper application. It was uh, that. That's kind of how. I, I, did, I mean, I didn't really know much about college at that point. Nobody in my family had gone to college prior mm-hmm. to that. So you so was the first. Nobody really tell me about it. Yeah, it was definitely first. That's what's right, man. Nobody could tell me about the experience. No one could say, "Oh yeah, this is how you're gonna do it." I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna figure this out." Uh, and that's just kind of how it worked out for me. This was I was I wanted to ask you too, like how was the experience? Because um, I'm an FIU guy. Like I went to FIU, but I grew up a Hurricanes fan. So you know Virginia Tech and, and Miami got that rivalry and stuff like that. <laughs> like how yeah. was like the not just even with the sports, but like just the overall experience with Virginia Tech. I mean, I, I'm not gonna ever have anything bad to say about Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech took a chance on me. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, took more chances on me than now. Like. Uh, I see. I didn't even. I got. I, I was. I didn't even do great. My like my last year. People don't really even notice. But uh, mm-hmm. like uh, I was. I was doing dual enrollment as well. So I was in two schools at that point, and I was like working two jobs. And like I was just doing horrible academically. Virginia Tech hit me up like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Yo, like this was going on in my life. I kind of need to be able to like make things work out like financially, and I got to also do all this academic something got to give." And it was like, "Okay, we're gonna take a chance on you because we still believe in your story." So they still like let me keep my scholarship. Uh, they still uh, invited me to come to campus. They didn't take they didn't, like revoke anything. I got there. They looked out. Uh, they made sure I had a job. They made sure that uh, like they made sure I had a job. They made sure everything was paid for. My apartments was paid for. My food was paid for. I had milk plans. Like every time I ran out, like somebody was like make sure I had it replenished. I'm not gonna ever have anything say, bad to say about Regine Tech, but mm-hmm. they looked out and kind of put me in a situation to be able to like go to law school afterwards. Uh, they kind of like even the people I met there I met some people there that were like alumni that like were admissions counselors at law school that kind of like walked me through my application mm-hmm. uh, so I mean the, the experience I mean the environment it was it was, it was resistant to it but uh, like in terms of like the administration and the people that I still I still do work for Virginia Tech I was actually there I want to say like recently doing something with like high school kids they were high school kids from like uh, the Norfolk Norfolk, Virginia Beach area to come there and just like learn about like school and they brought me there to kind of speak to the kids and talk to them and I was there uh, so I still have that good relationship with Virginia Tech I'm always going to have a relationship with Virginia Tech because without them without them I don't know I don't know I don't know how to stand with them with the work yeah. out so that's what's up man what did, what did you study by the way? oh yeah I did finance so I studied finance, finance. Okay. Uh, like a big part of my Childhood was like financial struggle. Like everybody struggled. Like my mom didn't really have money. Grandma didn't really have money. I just didn't really have money. I was like, yo, the one thing I want to be able to understand, I want to understand money. So I went in like, I need to. I want to be a lawyer and I want to understand money and I want to run companies. Finance just seemed like that. Just seemed like the perfect fit uh, to be able to understand how money works. So I, I majored in finance, got out of there, and then I did the whole ball thing. Uh, but yeah, that, so that's kind of what sparked that. It was just like I wanted to be in a situation where I was financially stable, and I did not have to worry about money that's and finances. That thing. That's what's up, man. Because I remember um, with me when I was an undergrad, I was th- I was going through a crossroads as well. Um, a lot of people don't know either. Like I had like a 1.4 at the time, and um, my I went to my advisor in my business school because I was going for marketing. And I was like, I don't want to do it no more. Like, I, I love marketing, but I don't want to deal with the math and stuff like that. Not right now with everything that's going on. So 
So like let's just just do a assessment and uh see what you wanna do. Like it'll tell you like I give you an idea what you wanna do. So I took the twenty minute assessment and like finance like was like number one. Because like yourself, like growing up, I was taught to save money. So like if my mom gave me like twenty dollars and like I got some McDonalds, I'll actually stash that change. You know, I just put that away. So like my mom would always, t- she always tell me like, whenever you see some change, whether you got a dollar, two dollars, put that away. You know, put that on side. So, so I was like, you know what? Let me just do, uh, let me just do sports management. You know, because it's like I love sports, but also still love the business and stuff like that. So like, like I said, like we all go through different like stuff, like especially doing college. I feel like. College, especially during the undergrad, it's like that's that time when you know we grow up. You know we go through different things, whether it's money, whether it's death, whether it's like problems at school, like academic wise, and you know just make us the young men and women that we ought to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Also, I guess another thing I didn't mention about college. Also, college is also the period where I, I joined in Greek life, so I pledged Alpha. Uh, okay, that was a big part of my experience as well. Uh, just like those guys, and like those guys are still with my closest friends to this day. Uh, just because, like, that was just a bond we built while we were on campus, and it's just like another resource there. That kind of like another group of guys that were like more that was just older than me and more mature than me that kind of like took me out of that wing mm-hmm. I was like hey this is how you like form a resume this is how you do this this is how you do that mm-hmm. this is how you move in this whole space to get to where you want to go so I think that was also really really important to my my academic career as well career as well just like being able to like have those older guys that were like seeing like my freshman sophomore year like they really just kind of like take me out of their wing and be like hey like this is kind of how you do things like this is how you should move this is kind of how you should get this stuff done because this is stuff you gotta do later on. Mm-hmm. So I think that was huge. That's what's up. My my actually my fiance she's uh she plays Zeta at FAMU. Okay. So like with me when I was undergrad like I wanted to pledge but I was like I'd rather wait till like you know graduate program. Um, nah, I feel that. But like how how is like the Greek life in the quote unquote PWR? <laughs> like, you know that's how. <laughs> Like, uh, that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I can only really speak from the PW, PWI perspective because I really didn't have the HBCU experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it was still there. It was still that that same that same type of like family idea was still there. I mean, I guess we were also even maybe, although it was still rivalry amongst like the different organizations. I think we also were even more of a, a tight knit group collectively, just because I mean. Yeah, I think of Virginia Tech is like 30,000 people. It was probably like maybe, in terms of like black people, I mean, I, I ballparking, estimating, estimating, but it might have been like somewhere between four or five hundred of us. Wow. Uh, four or five hundred of us. It wasn't that many of us. So it was mm. like, yeah, we can all like have our different organizations, but at the end of the day, we all come together to support each other. And it was like a, I, I, I it was like an unspoken thing. It was like, whenever somebody's going to have something, just show up. Like somebody from your organization needs to show up. Just to show that support, just to show that, like, okay, we understand that we're not all in the same organization, but at the same time, we're going to support each other. And also, even post-graduation, like, I just ran into one of the guys that was a, was a capo on my yard, uh, 
like we just talked he's in uh, he's in medical school right now we just talked about like just like life and like how things just progressed since undergrad and like everything we did back in undergrad and how like yeah. all of our all of us competing and like our rivalries kind of made all of us better in terms of like the shows we put on the stuff shows we put on in terms of like programs we threw in terms of like our creative ideas for fundraising it was just like everything we did made each other better because we had to like push because everybody was trying to outdo the other person yeah. so it was like everybody came better it's like iron shopping iron like yo we good and we know you're good so we're going to be better than you yeah. and at the same time y'all trying to be better than us so it's like everybody's just trying to be at their like optimal level yeah every time I, every time I'm around like the Greek life I always compare it to sports <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know, it's, com- <laughs> it's competition but at the end of the day it's respect and you know we all Coming for that one common goal, and that's you know that's unity and stuff like that. Exactly. So let's go into law school, and you went to another prestigious uh, university, Georgetown. Yeah, I mean, law school. Law school is a whole different, like a whole mm-hmm. different vibe, a whole different energy. I mean, law school. I mean, it's also a place where I made like some amazing, like lifelong friends at law school, and I've also just built a crazy. Experience crazy network there as well uh it's like one of those places where you already have a degree so you're already professional but at the same time it's also a super super competitive environment everybody's here smart everybody's here very very bright um so it's like you gotta like be able to navigate that that competitive nature but also just like everybody here is also like a nice person i mean not a nice person but everybody here is you're gonna have to see these people for the rest of your career. Yeah. They're gonna be colleagues, they're gonna be your colleagues, you're gonna have to see them for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. You gotta balance out your competitive nature with also being like a genuine person. Yeah. Because you, I, law school is three years, but your reputation like goes with you forever. Mm-hmm. Like these are the same people that are gonna like be trying to like maybe give you business down the road or the same people that's gonna try to like put you in a room. Oh, I still see I still see all of my classmates all the time. Like, just in New York, whenever I go back to D.C., literally, whenever I'm in, like, California, I run into somebody. It's, yeah. it's, this is, like, a network that you're just going to always have to keep. So, mm-hmm. I, I, get, I mean, law school, law school is just a different place, too. And also, I, was, I mean, I was the first to go to college, so, of course, I was the first to go to law school. Yeah. Nobody could tell me how to navigate that either. It was just, like, law school was just really just a just like hit or miss type of thing. It was like, all right, we're going to sink or swim. We're going to see how this whole thing is going to work out and end up really working out well. Uh, ended up like doing that, like interviewing for like a lot of different law firms, getting a mm-hmm. whole bunch of opportunities. Uh, ended up like just selling for. I mean, I ended up like just interviewing like all over, like all over the country, basically, uh, to like pick to pick coming to New York. Uh, that's a whole interesting story. Because at first I thought I was gonna stay in DC, ended up mm-hmm. canceling all my interviews everywhere else, and then decided at the last minute that I wanted to be in New York, and then made New York happen out of nowhere. But. Uh, it's crazy because I come from coming from like a school in Richmond that like a lot of people like in the state would just say, "Oh, that's a terrible school." Like, yeah, yeah nobody from that school ever does anything. Nobody does whatever, whatever. And then leaving law school at, and joining one of the like best law firms in the country, it's just mm-hmm. like, like that's like mind blowing to people sometimes. It's like, wait, you, you, how do you come from like that school to like here? Like my like firm, like I met one of probably one of the most elite firms in the country, and it's just like. How, and I guess it's just, and I guess it really, it just really was just kind of just like, like Richmond kind of told me that. Richmond kind of told me how to like grind. Like my yeah. whole like law school experience wasn't just like oh like grades whatever whatever. It was like nah, how I many people I gotta meet? How I many emails I gotta send? How many coffees I gotta have? Like how I do I gotta move through this process to make what I want to make happen? Mm-hmm. And Richmond told me that. Richmond taught me how to like grind. It taught me how to like like make do with what you got. Uh, 
so, I mean, I think people kind of was receptive to that, and it's like, yo, we want this guy on our team. And that's kind of why I got all the opportunities I got uh, coming out of law school and then why in law school, um, why so much just kind of happened in my, in my direction. So that was kind of like law school wrapped up. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So, like, what, so... After you left law school and you said that you stopped all your interviews and you ended up going to New York, yeah. what was that whole process like? What was like the, like what was that day or that moment or that just, just that feeling when you was like, you know what, this is the place that I want to be at. <laughs> I, I will. Say, <laughs> I will say coming from a, coming from like one of these type of law schools. I mean, it's, it's a whole it's a whole list of them. But like like the interview the interview process becomes like fun, I mean it's exhausting but it also becomes fun um, the time period when I decided I was just going to come to New York and drop everything I was already dinner with like the people that I work with now, uh, a lot of my classmates I mean a lot of like my like colleagues that all joined the firm the same time I did we all went to dinner and then afterwards we all like this is this is a ridiculous story but whatever after dinner like we was with one of the we was with some of the employees that already worked there it was like yo we about to go, we about to go to the W or something like that, to the hotel, we about to yeah. go to the rooftop we're going to buy everything <laughs> like, I was like, all right, cool. This is how y'all living out here? Then we went there. We were just buying so much stuff. Just buying, like, drinks, food, like, whatever. I'm like, yo, you realize it's only, like, 10 of us. Like, why we got all this stuff? Yeah. Wow. But it was a wild night. And then I was just, like, I was picking with people that were, that were also considering joining. And then, like, when everybody went home, we all just stayed out in New York and just, like, ran around, like, the city just hung out. I was like, yo, like, I got to be in a place, a new place. I want to work with you people. Mm-hmm. Like, because I like y'all. We have a genuine good connection. Um, like none of y'all stuck up. It was a whole bunch of like uh, I, actually I was out with a whole bunch of black people too. Yeah. Uh, so we were just kicking it in the city, and it's just like, yo, this is gonna be if, if I gotta go through this whole like all firm life, and I gotta be, I might as well be here with y'all. And these are the same people that's been riding with me um, the entire time at the firm. We can talk, we kick it, hang it out, we hang out in New York together still. Um, so I mean, it was definitely a good decision, but it was that moment. It was that moment when I found people that that I thought were similar to me, yeah. but also like, people who get it. Cause like all of them, they still they all came from like they all went through the whole process. They all like agree with the whole like yo, we need to like give back and figure out like affect our communities and like figure out how to do that. A lot of them are from like a few of them are from the south. Uh, some of them from like the west coast, but everybody yeah. just like that common goal of like we got this far, so let's like figure out how to like pull other people up. And I was just like, I need to build on that energy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, because and it was a whole like Iron Sharp Iron thing. Like they, they were great. They were excellent people. They were excellent lawyers, and they kind of made me a better lawyer. Yeah, because like that's like I keep preaching. Like it's important that you know, like for me, like my like my mom. I told my mom one day I wanted to be a computer a computer engineer, and she was like, "You should do that because you know it's not a lot of us. You know, us yeah. black folks." So. When I told her that I wanted to be an agent, I want to be more involved in sports. She, I was like, uh, you know, it's not a lot of agents and there's not a lot of GMs and owners. That's you know, it's it's still like it's still um, opportunity for for us to like you know take over like the industry, like the sports industry, not just as as um, not just for being athletes and coaches and stuff, but also. You know, being a general manager, being the owner, being have a, a big agency and stuff like that, just really being involved in, in like in sports because, you know, growing up, my whole thing was like Michael Jordan, like this dude, he didn't just have a a shooter, like he created a brand, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, same, you know, same thing with LeBron James. I'm still hurt that he left Miami, but I still <laughs> respect, like, this dude created a school, you know, like, Diddy, P. Diddy, he, he created a school. I just love, like, how, you know, especially, like, these, these individuals in our community just create, you know, these different avenues because I feel like the more we do that, the more after generation after generation after generation, we will, like, break even more, like, gates and stuff like that, you know, like, more barriers. Exactly, and I agree with that completely. It's like, I mean, because your job is your job, right? I mean, it's like, I mean, that's your job is your job, but, like, you do one thing, you get on or whatever, and then you, like, expand that. You put other people on, you keep going, and you keep jumping on these different lanes. Like, uh, like one of the people who I kind of, like, really, really appreciate the way you move because it kind of, like, it gave me something to look at. It was, like, Hope, for example. Yeah. Like, Hope came in. Hope could have just stuck to, Hope could have just stuck to rapping. He could have just stuck to rapping his whole career, but now he makes it out. I mean, he did. He's doing titles. He's doing. The, he did the sports stuff. He's doing like he he, he did the, he did Def Jam for a little while. He's like he's just moving all these different spaces. He had Ace of Spades. He had mm-hmm. the forty forty that everybody's always in. He's like moving in all these different directions. He got LeBron in school. Like LeBron didn't just start the ball, but like he's in the school. He's also like speaking. He's also speaking out politically, and which I think is like joking. People say, "Oh, shut up and show up." Like, nah, man, got a voice too. So like, let him speak. Like. Like just like just jumping into different lanes. I mean, I know he's a, I know he's a subject of like controversy right now, but like even Kanye, like yeah, he could have just stuck to rapping too, but yeah, he got he got Yeezys. Yeah. I mean Yeezys like put over the billion dollar line. Like I, I mean you could like these people just didn't stay in their lanes. And I just I, I don't think I think we get on, you do what you gotta do, like take whatever talent you got, take that talent and mm-hmm. then like just like continue to evolve. Like you don't have to just stay in one space. Like mm-hmm. you can evolve and you can put people on. You can bring you can bring the people that you like or starting with, you can bring those people on and then you can all just like just prosper together and continue to build the community up. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like community building, it's building, it doesn't just stop with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and, and that's why, you know, I chose the you know, the in, the industries because I do so much. That's why I chose, you know, music, uh, sports, and, like, I just started doing this podcast, like, last year. Like, you know, I just call myself a media person now, but that is why, like, you know, I love doing this because I get to meet people. I get to, you know, bring people together, and I feel like at the end of the day, what what kind, what's, what's the better feeling of having John Doe and Sabrina and Jim and Timothy and... Uh, Selena like all just come together and you just watch them grow something you know what I'm saying like you ain't have to aim about the money and stuff like that or like the the um the knowability like you know um for example like I don't have to put my name on it I just want to see it grow exactly. you know cause it could grow into something big that it could just take over and just help a lot of people like get get like uh, jobs and careers and stuff like that um, yeah, I feel it. I feel you. Yes. I, mean, I think when you're doing something, I mean, if you when you're doing something just as a passion, like versus like doing it for the money, you always do it so much. You always do so much better at it. It's just it's just a thing. It's like okay, if the money's motivating you, then you just don't like just go on a whim and like do something. If something else comes up for more money, you're gonna just jump to that. But if it's mm-hmm. a passion, if it's something you feel deep in your spirit, it's something you're gonna do. You gonna just you gonna grind out with it. You gonna like do it even when you're not making money. You gonna do it when nobody's listening. You gonna do it. You gonna do it until you get to that point where it's like, yo, I built this into something. Yeah. And I built this into something, and I feel that. So it's like, 
I, I get that. I get that completely. So I guess it, at, at some point it gets beyond money. Yeah, you gotta have some money to like make sure you have to eat. Like you eat, you gotta own your head. Like your basic needs are met. But beyond that, like I think it's all about chasing your passion. Mm-hmm. It is deciding what that passion is for you, and not let anybody else decide what that passion is. It is. Now you since you've been the first lawyer on the podcast. Um, this segment I like is it's gonna be kind of different because you know you're a lawyer, but I'm still gonna throw you these. Well, this is three questions, three simple questions, and it's the top five. So um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have, I guess, uh, a top five um, music like your favorite artists. The second is gonna be top five and like um, favorite, like I guess. Moments like sports moments, whether it was in Virginia, whether it was at uh, you know DC. Like, who's your favorite team? First of all, like your favorite teams. My favorite teams. Ah, that's a, that's a, I mean, I'm, a, I'm from Virginia, so by default, I default I'm rocking with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also a huge Mellow fan, so you know I'm kind of looking forward to moving to Houston um, and joining with the, the Rockets. So. So that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, a good thing to watch. So you know, I'm I'm really really rocking with the Wizards though, because it, it, it's it's the team I've always looked at. Uh, in terms of football, man, I don't know, man. I, I haven't really ever had like super allegiance to any football. Team. You got you. I, mean, I just appreciate the sport. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same same for baseball. Same for like. I mean, I'm just I just started just catch up a few hockey games since I've been out here in New York. But I'm just a fan of the sports. Uh, except for basketball, basketball is kind of why I got like uh, I got a few teams. I, I I got the Wizards, of course, and then beyond that, like I'm just a mellow fan. So okay, uh, sure. even though people hated on his last season, whatever, I, I think he's gonna pull through this year. Yeah, of course. I always been a mellow fan. Um, of course, I'm a Dwayne Wade fan first, but Carmelo was was like my my second favorite player from that draft. That draft. Yeah. To me, it's going to go down like the, what's it, the 1984 to 83 draft for the NFL when they had like Dan Marino and all of them in that draft. Yeah. But, um, so, and then the last one is top five, I guess, moments, you know, in your, in your, in your you know, as a lawyer so far. You know, I guess it's like whether it's like charity events, um, yeah. anything. So, the top five, I want to go first, top five artists of all time for music. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> tough. That's super tough. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, even, I'm a, I don't want to offend anybody. I mean, I don't want to offend anything that I, I'm not thinking of, so I'm just going to cut it to, like, top five that I think right now. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to, because I think that'll be an easy question. So, I mean, of course, Hov, you have to Hov. Mm-hmm. Uh like uh, I, I really, really like J Cole. Uh, we got the mm-hmm. J Cole in there. Uh, I, I, if we're talking about like right now, I really like Big Sean too. Yeah, Big Sean uh, underrated to me so far. Yeah, bro, super underrated. He's like, he's definitely like that superstar. Uh, who else would I throw on that list? I mean, now it's getting, now it's getting tough. I mean, ah, uh, even top, even like five for now. Now, who, who I throw on that list? Uh. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna, I mean, I kind of throw him in there because he's just an amazing lyricist like Kendrick, Kendrick uh, Lillard. Yeah. So you gotta throw him in there. This, uh, this last one, this last one could be a toss up in terms of like, uh, like, oh, I didn't even throw any like R&B artists in, in there. It might be, 
I mean, I ain't gonna, I'm not even gonna. Mm, that's a tough one too. Nah, I'm gonna just I'm a, I'm a, I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna open up that can of worms. I'm just I'm gonna have to throw him <laughs> just like talent. I'm gonna say Drake. Drake, Drake is just like he's he's talented, so I'm gonna have to throw him in there. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he, he should be in that list. He, he, at least right now, his numbers is crazy. So, yeah, dude, I think dude got what like. How many songs he got in the top five right now? Let me top on one hundred, like eight, right? Yeah, eight songs in right. top one hundred. Yeah, you can't have that man. That man, that man is on his thing. Yeah, man, I can't. You know, that's a whole different, you know, sh- conversation for another day with him and the Pushy T beef because oh, yeah, that, that. <laughs> I tell people like you know Drake, he lost that the beef lyrically. You know, Pushy T is a lyricist. He's an MC. But Drake overall, he's you know he's he's a superstar. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Drake ain't had no business in that thing anyway. He couldn't. He didn't win. He couldn't. I mean, not he didn't win, but like he, it was no upside. Yeah. And, and my point it was no upside. That playing games and that whole thing. Like, yeah. What was he gonna win? Like he was. He's already Drake. Like he can't do anything but like help push it. Like even by dissing push it, he helps push it. Yeah. So that's why. You 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 losing if you win in that situation. So I think you made the you made the smart call by just not even responding. Yeah, man. So so we got the music part. So for sports, I'm just gonna ask you who's your top five NBA players right now. Uh, top five NBA players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I can't. You can't even like lie. You can't even go up. This is like a more factual question. <laughs> like, you, gotta, you gotta give you gotta give LeBron number one. Of course. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that man, that man. I mean, had it not been for the injury, I, I, this is just pure ranking. It's not even like, I, I just pure like skill. Like, if it had not been for the injury, it would have been more of a toss-up. I think he could number two. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a toss-up between him and Kawhi, but like, Kawhi was out on the last season, so nobody really knows who's coming back with. Uh, number three, number three, just, uh, that's where it gets difficult. I'm going to have to give it to Kawhi just from everything he's done in the past, though. I think so I, Kawhi, I, I think Kawhi got a um I think he'll rebound with Toronto. I just I think he really I think he really lost his trust with San Antonio with the players jumping on him because yeah. you never know he probably really was hurt. You know Kawhi just one of them yeah. dudes where he's quiet and stuff, but yeah, you know. Nah, he got he got insane talent. I can't even like say anything. Yeah, I mean I, I mean. I I want I want to see what he's gonna do with Toronto. That should be a, it. Should be an interesting move on. Like, uh, who's number four? Ah, uh, number four is tough. And now you got those. I got them throughout the way. Uh, uh, I mean, I just think he's nice. I just think he's like super nice. I'm gonna have to give. I can't think of anybody else right now. I'm probably missing somebody, but I might have to just say Kyrie Irving. Of course. Like, I, mean, I know. I know. I'm skipping over like Harden and like Russ and everything, but I just think he's like he's just nice. Uh, who's number five? Number five to me right now. Uh, it's a it's a lot of players. It's <laughs> a lot of talented players. I mean, uh, that's that's a tough one. Number five. Number five. I might have to give it to. I might actually have to give it to to Harden. I might have to give it to Harden. Harden over Steph. Yeah, you still crazy like that. <laughs> might have to give it to him. Over Steph and, and Westbrook and Anthony I, I mean, Davis. I give it to Harden over, over, over Westbrook. I mean, I think Westbrook is like, he's super talented. I don't know. I might get Steph number five. I might get Steph number five. 
Maybe 5A, 5B. Because Harden, like, the thing I know is about Harden, though, he really, I respect him because he really, like, every year he just elevate his game. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So it's just... Play. And uh, I don't know, I got them winning this year. Hopefully, hopefully that happens. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Houston takes it this year. Yeah, yeah. I said if, if um, like last year, because I'm I'm a Heat fan, but I'm also a Golden State fan. Not Golden just State when, fan. not just when you know, just recently, oh, but yeah, like nah. uh, you remember back in '07 when they uh, beat Dallas like that first year mm. in the first round. They was like the first AC to ever do it. So I was like. Them boys raw. They had Baron Davis. They had uh, a couple of them boys. Steven Jackson. They had a couple of them boys in there. But I just like underdogs, you know. So I just followed yeah. them. And then when they got Steph Curry, I'm like, this boy raw. <laughs> Despite the injuries early, like this boy is gonna be like the truth, and he's gonna go down to yeah. So now the 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 last top five is I guess your I guess your favorite moments. As a lawyer so far? Oh, man, I've I, I had a few of these as well. I mean, I guess by far, like, my favorite moment was probably, like, just getting that scholarship done and, like, getting mm-hmm. it to the, to the two students. Um, just being able to be back at school and just talk to all the kids about, about that experience and just, like, the, just giving back. I think that's, like, number one, of course. Uh, number two, I mean, I do a whole bunch of, like, speaking in terms of, like, high school students and, like, college students. Um, like that experience, that experience is just second to none. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna just group all those. To, I mean, that, the second to the, I mean, scholarship goes in that thing. I'm gonna group all that to number two. All the speaking I do for high school students because, like, that's just a that experience is just amazing. Uh, just like gives you a whole new life. Um, number three, number three would have to be, uh, oh, like some uh, my pro bono work, mm-hmm. working with uh, working with uh, some like small businesses out here in New York. One that one in particular, they just had a, they had like a, they were they needed to come in and like clean up a whole bunch of stuff that they kind of like messed up. I mean, they didn't mess up, but like just like their advisors kind of like messed up for them. They were doing a whole bunch of stuff on Legal Zoom, which is like, uh, Legal Zoom is cool, but at the same time, like mm-hmm. you gotta understand the stuff that you're doing. You gotta understand what you're writing. You gotta understand what you're signing. You gotta understand what you're drafting because then you can end up scoring yourself, which which happened in this case. So fixing all that stuff and deal with them, and then they had some investors trying to come on and like just give them a horrible deal and just advising them about like that term sheet and saying like, hey, you need to go back on this because basically they're trying to come in and just say, hey, if your, if your company doesn't work out, they take all that money back. And like that's not that's not something that that's like those are predatory tactics that we try to like steer people away from. So just being able to like help in that way and just see the work you do really, really affect somebody's life and like how they're trying to grow their business, trying to just do something major and like being able to just make sure they're not taking advantage of in that process. Like that has to be like a top moment. Um, another, I guess, four in the legal world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do, just do so much to just help people. It's just like different. I mean, actually, I went to, I went to this clinic. Uh, I went to this clinic where it was a whole bunch of like artists mm-hmm. and like they had, they just, it was just like clinic put on by like one of the one of the like programs out here and I was just there and I was just advising them on what to do like a lot of me had questions about like art that they had get they had like like allow people to sell for them and they were trying to get it back and then some sense just like just figuring out like how to like be connected to like value their art or just like just I mean it was a business question but it was also just like legal issues for like these artists that like have amazing work had amazing mm-hmm. work but like they just didn't understand the legal side of things 
something and, and being able to come to that space especially if like the only black guy in that space mm-hmm. and like having like a lot of these artists are black and just being able to like represent for us and like a lot of them kind of like gravitated toward me because I was like oh yeah like you, you're confident and like you're the one here and like we like you and like I was there I was actually there for hours like I was there frankly all day just being around because like yo I can help if I, if I, if I can help and actually like the energy in the room is just amazing I'm just there so I have to be another top moment and I guess my last moment this can even move higher up to the list it's actually recruiting it's like uh, like there's no secret the law like the law space is just like not diverse it's not diverse now Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's very few that's very few like black people in these spaces mm-hmm. um, like in my like in, especially in these super elite firms it's just like we're less than a we're less than a half of a percentage like we're, yeah. we're, we're that it's, it's not that many of us we're basically unicorns like it's not it's not uncommon for you to be the only first black person in the room like often very often like more often than you have another black person in the room it's just, it's just a thing and yeah. being able to go into these places and talk to these students that are interested in these places and interested in coming to these like firms, being able to tell them like about the firms and being able to like recruit them and like bring them in and just like being honest with them and having like a whole group of students just around you because like it's like yo, like I'm glad that you're there because like we needed that representation because without you being there, there probably wouldn't have been a black person at that whole firm and mm-hmm. that firm has like eight hundred eight hundred lawyers and it's like it's like ten of y'all. Yeah, so <laughs> being able to talk to them and like try to coach them and also tell the friend bring them in we need more of us and just seeing that happen it, I think that's just like an amazing moment to see like it going from bring, them bringing two black guys in one year of a class of like 130 people to there being like incremental like increases of that amount and then it's to a point where it's like oh we got a lot of we, um, we don't have a Black. But it's like, oh, we we're starting to get more and more, and like let's keep the momentum going. Yeah, like so we might have more black people in these spaces. Yeah, like the numbers is, is going up just constantly. Yeah, I mean, it's the constant fight though, because it's it's really not a lot. Like I. I I was talking to a guy in, in Atlanta um, when he was talking about like just like the New York firms, and he's like, "Oh wait, these firms they got they got black people in there." I was like, "Yeah, but it's not that many of us." But, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it just those things just trying to like break down those things and just trying to like make sure that they're represented that's what's up man that's what's up bro. and then one last question I got for you is where you see yourself five to ten years from now man, five to ten years from now uh, I mean I see myself just doing a whole bunch of like major stuff I mean I got some stuff in the works right now but like I guess the, the biggest thing I want to do uh, five Ten years from now, uh, I mean, it's a whole bunch of my list. Like, kind of like you said, you got a whole bunch of stuff that you probably get to mix with. I got a lot of it to mix with too. But the biggest thing, I just want to impact the way we educate. I, I want to impact the way like we we think about intelligence, we think about creativity. Uh, I want to be able to that kid that wants to create and that kid that wants to like build the next big thing, but they don't have to, they don't have that like safety net that a lot of uh, a lot of these other inventors have I want to be able to have that safety net for them it's like yeah like okay take your like, go take your time and try to go build the next iteration of whatever Facebook will be in like 10 years go build that yeah. and like whatever that whatever the tech will, whatever that will be and here's, here's, I, here's I, I have the financial backing now it's like you don't need to worry about finances while you're trying to build this thing because I want you to be on an even playing field with everybody else so if I can get to a place where it's like we can build that infrastructure where like 
these these like these like our kids, our community, it can be like I, they can be free to be creative without having to go take on like massive amounts of debt and being mm-hmm. stuck in saying like I gotta go work to pay back all this debt that I take once to do something I don't want to do versus like okay I'm in, I'm in high school I'm a senior in high school I'm a, I'm a freshman in college I want to build this thing I have this burning desire to build this thing and I need funds to do it but I don't have the funds and nobody in my family has the funds because I'm first generation how do I get this I want to be able to say I got you exactly yeah. One thing I tell these kids, I said, man, listen, if I knew, if I had, like, these apps like Acorns and Stash and all these apps when I was in high school, I'd be on that more than I'd be on social media, man. Like, I tell them, man, like, just imagine, like, I just, like, especially, like, these kids, they they are very, like, uh, they know about coding, they know how to, you know, build websites and stuff like that, so it's just, like, not only just do that, but also look at um, investing at 18 years old, you know, like, I worked with a kid, uh, he's 16 years old, um, and he was, me and him was talking about, like, um, he, you know, he built websites and he wanted to build social media, and then something, something um, told me to ask him, he was like, uh, I was like, uh, do you want to go to, like, Silicon Valley up in the California, in the Bay Area? He's like, yeah, I want to, but... I'm afraid because there's so many like obviously like kids like that said, man, listen, we need more of us in the we need more of of uh black and, and Latino in that community because we have so many ideas and then once you break that barrier, you just open up so many doors not only for yourself but like for your for for the people that you know, cause that's somewhere I wanna be at one day. You know, like just be around yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so much going on in tech right now, so much going on in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship space, so much going on in venture capital that you don't even have to be in Silicon Valley anymore. That's like, a true. lot of people I know that was out there, they like, they like moving to LA, they like moving to Austin, Texas, they like moving to Seattle, because like San Francisco, Silicon Valley, it's expensive now. Yeah. Like, it's actually more, it's actually more prohibitive to like be there um, and try to build something, because you're spending like, thousands on thousands in rent. So a lot of folks that I know that was creating there ventured off to like Austin, Texas, but like moved to LA or moved to San Diego or moved to like Seattle or like somewhere else. There's a whole bunch, there's a huge like uh, startup culture in New York right now. Um, yes, people in Boston, I mean, in New York and Boston are more expensive places, yeah. but then like we move out to Brooklyn and they still like venture into the city, you know, the subway pay that, what, what, like what is it, $2 for the subway ride? Yeah. All day. And it's just like, I think people are trying to like find more cost-effective ways to create, but also just we need to, I guess, even educate our own communities on like just that or like how to take not how technology works nowadays. How everybody's super connected. Same way you can find like this super attractive girl on Instagram yeah. that lives in like Iowa somewhere. Like who? Like what? The same way you can find that, they can, you can make sure you discover it and whatever and whatever your hometown is. Just have a great product, be able to like network and get it out there. And uh, then also when it comes to Ivy League, like. One of my best friends that has created like multiple companies is like created a whole bunch of different like work strings and like a whole bunch of different like income strings. Like he ain't even he ain't even finished undergrad. Like, yeah, he was an undergrad at the same time. He ain't finished it. Yeah, it'd be and, like, like that. He he's basically an insider in, t- in like in terms in the tech world. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm saying education is super important, but I'm also saying like you don't need like it's no if you especially if coming from these communities, you probably kind of know like. I learned to grind back in Richmond. I learned grinding before I had a degree. I was able to like make things happen because I learned how to grind because I learned from my community how to make make things happen. And I learned that without a degree. And the same way, same way people who want to like build and create can learn to do that. 
Yeah, man. That's because that, I told him I was just like, um, it's just so much opportunity out here, man. Like it's, you know, even for myself, like Miami, like South Florida, from like Miami, Orlando, uh, I can say Tampa too. Like just the whole state, we slowly trying to get into like um, in the tech world, and like the tech world is really where it's at right now. You know, just yeah. wanted to just do something, like just create something different, cause. I met my fiance on Tinder, you know, so it's just like, I seen that at FIU, and I'm like, it had to be some young boys had to had to create, this like a young group of, of men and women had to create this app, like Snapchat, like Snapchat, like, they was billionaires at 20 years old. I'm like, y'all my age. <laughs> so it's crazy, man, but um, before, you got any shout outs before we close it up? Uh, nah, just shout out to you. Shout out to you for reaching out and uh, like shout out for that connecting with me and like having this good conversation and like even talking before this. Like, yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm sure we just gonna keep growing, keep evolving, and uh, wish you and everybody that's listening nothing but the best and like keep trying to build our community and make it stronger. Yeah, man, I appreciate you, man, and uh, we will be talking a lot because I actually had an idea for a nonprofit program where. I don't, like, because me, like, I've been working for, like, three to four years. I've been in uh, working with, like, kids after school programs and stuff like that. But I don't want the program to be just typically um, doing your homework and playing sports. Like, I want, I still want to do that, but I also want, like, a TED Talk. So, like, I have professionals come in, like, two, three times out of the week, you know, and just talk to the kids because, for, like, an hour, because whether have a teacher there for another extra hour when they were just in school for like seven, eight hours, why not just bring a athlete, a lawyer, an entrepreneur, an actor, a baker, like just people from different walks of life and just come in and tell them, you know, hey, listen, like, you know, I did this, I did that, but I started, you know, I went to school. Some may not even have been in school, you know, like your friend. Like, I know a couple of people that you know, didn't even finish, didn't even go to high school, I mean, didn't even go to uh, the college. And yeah. they, they created something crazy and they like, um, they established now. Some of them actually want to go to college because, you know, they want to, you know, for their kids' sake, you know, they want to teach their kids, yeah. like, education is still important. But, exactly. um, but yeah, man, we're going we gonna to keep in touch, man. But, oh, yeah, of course, of course. I appreciate, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, this be your boy DJ Anonymous with Rico, and uh, this been episode forty five, and uh, we out. We out.